So I knew Maddie was coming up. I didn't know if anyone else wanted to, but if you want to, now's your chance. I got one message to me that I want to share with you guys as well, um, which says this. Let me just read it. It says, I just want to thank you for summer camp. The last three days have been the most incredible days of my life. I've come home a changed person, and I feel the happiest I've ever felt in a long time. I've finally felt that I have let my wall down and let God work within me. Words can't explain how much I'm thankful for you guys and all of City Church as a whole. I feel that this is the beginning of my something new with my relationship with God, and I want to do more. I want to spread His word. I'm not afraid anymore. Thank you guys guys, so much for everything. I can't explain how grateful and appreciative I am. And that's the whole reason we do summer camp. Right there. Our heart isn't that it would just remain at camp or remain at youth on a Friday, but it actually enable and empower young people to share God's word in their schools or in their workplaces, in their sporting teams, wherever they go. And that's kind of what I want to touch on today as well in this message. But first, we got a little video that one of our young guys made during camp. Um, I called him at like one o'clock at night one night trying to put it together. And I was like, bro, you need to just chill, go to sleep and work on it in the morning. So look to the screen and check out the video real quick. Awesome. So if you missed summer camp, 
Make sure you come next year. Awesome. Well, I'm going to begin to preach this word, and I hope that it speaks to you and God speaks through me to you. And right now, I'm just going to pray as we open up the word of God. God, thank you that you were good. Thank you that you were faithful. Thank you for the encounters and the testimonies and revelations that young people had this week. And right now, we pray that you'll speak through me and you'll speak your word, that it will challenge, it will inspire, it will encourage, that it will empower us in our weekly walk with you, that we can walk with you in the ordinary and have a strong devotional life and relationship with you, the Father. Amen. Awesome. Well, as Christians, we've been changed by Jesus. If you know Jesus, he's obviously come into your heart and changed things from the inside outside, and you weren't where you once began and started your life, or you may have lived a former way, and then you came to that point where you met Jesus, and he transformed your life, and it looks different if you look back on it over the years. And not just that, but if we are a true Christian, we know Jesus, we know that it's not just us that changes, but he actually enables us to help change others and go into our world and the people we work with or who are in our sphere and help to change their lives as well by knowing him. And um, there's this story in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, chapter 3, in the Amplified Version. Oh, where were you? I was waiting for it. In Acts chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, within the hour, about 3 p.m. Thank you. And a man who had been unable to walk from birth was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, so that he could beg for alms for those entering the temple. So it is his normal. He did it every day. So when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking them for coins. But Peter, along with John, stared at him intently and said, Look at us. And the man began to pay attention to them, eagerly expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do I give to you in the name, authority and power of Jesus Christ. Begin now to walk and go on walking. He seized the man's right hand and with a firm grip raised him up. At once his feet and his ankles became strong and steady. And with a leap he stood up and began to walk. And when he went into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God, all the people saw him walking and praising. And they recognized him as the very man who usually sat begging for coins at the gate beautiful of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. And they were mystified at what had happened to him. This morning, I just want to give you three simple points, nice and easy, about how we can actually begin to change the atmosphere around us and those who come into contact with us. And so the first point is this, that we've got to change the smell. We've got to change the scent. Now, um, summer camp's a lovely place most of the time, but um, you get into a session and you pack a whole bunch of teenagers into a room, some of which forget how to shower sometimes or forget how to use deodorant and it is not a beautiful sight or a beautiful smell whereas on the other hand there's some other people who may be a bit more mature or who are maybe just looking for a bit more of a friend you know what I'm saying someone to get a bit close to who will have a shower and who put on beautiful perfume or deodorant or cologne I'm like oh that smells nice and so you've got all these different smells combining in this weird mixture and posture and smell is a powerful thing it can either be beautiful and it can actually draw someone in or it can be a deterrent and push someone away, if you know what I'm saying. 
And um, Ben Gorza says this. He said, two very simul- similar molecules have completely differing smells. At a carbon at the right point, and it goes from a charming to a cloy. Smell is not just in the nose. It's one of the most influential senses our brain possesses. Isn't that amazing? Smell. And it's only one little molecule that will make all the difference in it. And I want to know, is there something in our lives that smells just a little bit different that might be charming to other people around us? One of the most noticeable things about a scent is it generally lingers as well. You know, if there's something good happening because you can smell it nearby, you know if there's that fresh KFC chicken in the office because you can smell it, and then you see the packet, and then you get hungry again. A scent has the ability to linger, and it has the ability to draw people in or make them wonder where it came from or why, where's the source of it, so they can follow it as they're drawn near to it. And in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 and 15, it says, Thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal possession and uses us to spread the aroma of knowledge of him everywhere. Are we spreading the aroma of Jesus everywhere we go? Are we leaving a scent of his word and his truth in our workplaces, in our community, in our sporting teams, wherever it goes? Are we leaving people going, hey, what is that scent that smells different? I want to know the source of that. Um, I was kind of thinking about it last night, and if we as Christians have that beautiful scent on the inside of us, and we walk through an atmosphere, and we leave that scent linger, is someone going to pick up that scent and follow it to the factory where we got the cologne and meet the maker, Jesus? So I believe Jesus is calling us to permeate the atmosphere we are in with the aroma that reflects or pleases him that will draw others nearby to him, to his word and to his love, to his grace and mercy. Like I said before about an aroma or a perfume or a cologne, it has that ability to draw people in. Often when you spray it on, at first you're like, wow, that's pretty strong, that's pretty hectic. Woo! And then it kind of settles a bit. And so if someone wanted to continually smell it, they have to kind of get intimate. They have to get close enough to be able to, pick up that scent or remain it. And I know that at points we have that initial moment, we have that encounter with Jesus and it's amazing and sometimes it's visible and everyone can see the passion or the scent, but after a while it can sometimes fade and other people have to get close to you in discipleship to continue to see it. So I want to know, how's your scent? Is it leaking Jesus? Is it drawing others near to him and his word and his truth? Is it filling others with awe and wonder, leaving them mystified about what just happened or where it came from? Is it drawing them near to him and his word? The second point today, I told you it's going to be simple. We love youth. We like it simple so we can remember it. The second point is to change the sound. If we want to change the atmosphere, we have to change the sound. Now, I love sound. I'm a drummer initially, so... Love drums, love hitting stuff. Um, but I had this beautiful revelation about drums. You can tune them so they don't just sound terrible. Someone, amen, thank you. We love sound. So a drum, and the way you can tune it is by actually putting it under tension, the head under tension. So it could sound pretty flat and dead. But once you begin to stretch it and put it under a bit of tension and tighten it, not just in one area, but in a few, and you spread it across, you can watch the sound 
begin to change. And so it could go from sounding a bit dull to having maybe a bit more life and a bit more spring in it. This is completely random, but I hope this sounds good. You can add little bits that'll change how it goes. So instead of sounding dull and deterring, you can start to have a bit of life and give a bit of a crack. That sounds a bit more like a drum. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder in our lives when we start to get under a bit of tension, a bit of stress, are we going to continue to sound dull? Are we going to continue to pollute the air with all our problems and all our challenges? Or are we going to actually make the decision and choice to praise God, to actually be a joyful sound in His name? Even though we're under tension in a few different areas and we've been put under that stretch, are we actually sitting in that and allowing God to be praised through it and through those moments? In the stretch, do we choose to praise? Where am I at? (laughs) Sounds can change things. One of the main things we do with sound is communicate. We talk, we sing, and we praise. In Matthew 26, verse 69, this is when Jesus is in getting um, child, and this is Peter outside, and Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You are also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them and said, I don't know what you're talking about. He went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath and said, I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your accent gives it away. See, Peter was in this moment of tension, in a stress. He was put under a situation where people were questioning him and what he believed and what he was really going to say if he was going to praise or if he was going to declare his problems to the world. And in this moment, Peter kind of chose to actually pollute and pass the blame, pass the problems off. But they could still tell by his accent. And I just want to know if we're spending time with Jesus, are we allowing God to speak through us and change the way we speak to our world? Are we allowing his word to come through, his truth, and what he says be the sound that we're making, or is it going to be the sound of the problems in the world? Are we going to let people know and be able to tell that we are a Christ follower, a Christian, through our accent, because we have the word of the Father in us, and we're allowing it to come through us to others? Do people know you by your words and how you praise? We know that... um, Life or death is in the power of the tongue. We know that out of God's word, the earth was formed, that life happened. We know that when he made man, he breathed his breath and his life into man. There's power in our words. There's power in our breath. We know that often in the Bible when God speaks, it's through a breath, through a whisper. A lot of our sound and words and everything we communicate come actually through tension. There's tension in our vocal cords when we talk. But they're still declaring a good song of praise. We know in the Bible it says that if we don't praise, that the rocks will cry out to him. I mean, it's a rock. (laughs) We can't be shown up by a rock. So if we were to change the atmosphere with our sound, then it should be one that brings life 
should be one that brings joy. It should be one that speaks truth and love and grace and hope. It should be always constantly speaking life. I love in that story in Acts that the disciples didn't give the man physically what he needed or what he wanted, but they spoke to him the word of God and brought life for him. And as a result, his response was to praise. He didn't go and be like, oh, they didn't give me cash money. That would have been really helpful. I could have used it to buy food and dinner. But they actually spoke life and allowed him to walk. And they said, go out and walk again. But he chose to go and praise instead. So what sound are you making when you're in the stretch, when you're in that time of tension, that pull? Are you choosing to praise God or are you choosing to pollute the atmosphere with your problems and the world's problems? Are you speaking life? Does your sound result in someone else's praise? Does it result in someone coming to know Jesus through how you sound, through the words you're speaking? You still with me? All right, number three, change the atmosphere. We've got to change the look. Now, I love lookbook, Pinterest. Um, I don't look at them at all because I just wear plain clothes most of the time. But um, one of the things driving back from summer camp, me and Rach were talking and we go, you know what? Summer camp's actually really weird when you think about it. Like, it doesn't look normal at all. There's us, the leaders, who take a whole bunch of volunteers who give up their time, their effort, their energy. And then we take a whole bunch of students that actually choose to come and go away on a bus for three days. Um, and then we have the church, you guys, who choose to invest into them and other students who can't afford to go to go to camp on this bus for three days. That when you think about it, isn't normal for a start. Most of the time, it's like a school camp. The kid's like, oh, I have to go into school camp. Oh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. But then we have students that are willing to come and give up their time in the holidays to encounter God. We have a whole bunch of leaders and volunteers that choose to give up work and money and their time and effort so young people can know Jesus. That's not normal when you think about it. That looks completely different to how the world would tell us. And as Christians, we're not meant to look normal. We're not meant to look the same as the world. It says, um, oh, I need some water. I'm getting parched. Sorry. Take a short ad break. I'll be back in a moment. Nice. As Christians, we're not meant to look normal. We're not meant to look the same as the world. It says uh, in the Bible, Paul speaking, he says... Don't conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that looks different to what the world would have us act and be and seem like. A Christian literally means Christ follower. Do you think Jesus looked normal to everyone else that was around him at the time? Don't get me wrong, like he followed the law. He wasn't like crazy. So follow the law, obey your parents, listen to your teachers. We good. But he looked completely different to the rest of the world, how he spoke, how he responded, how he acted. There was something in his character, in his convictions, that looked different to the people around him. It drew people near. And I want to suggest that maybe if we're a Christian, if we're a Christ follower, maybe we need to look different as well to the rest of the world. We need to have a different character, a different conviction. There needs to be something deep within us that stands out that maybe people are a bit confused by. They're like, 
I can read most people and what they're going to do, but there's something different about this guy, this girl. In this Acts verse, the disciples literally walked up to the man and said, look at us. Hey, bro, look at us. We look different. (laughs) There's this verse I really love. I use it at youth all the time. It's in 1 Timothy 4.12, and it says, Let no one look down on you because you are young or because of your youth, but be an example and set the pattern for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Be the example. What's an example? It's something we look to. It's something that's modeled to follow an instruction. If we're going to be the example, then we've got to stand out. We've got to look different. And if we don't stand out, how can we speak up? How do we know people are listening if we're just following in to the patterns? Um, Paul says, intimidate me as I intimidate Christ. I follow his example. Follow my example as I follow his. In Matthew 5.14, this is a powerful verse that's been prophesied over our church many times, but it says, you are the light of Christ to the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who's in heaven. If we are going to be the light of Jesus to the world, then we have to be seen. We can't hide anymore. We have to go out. We have to allow others to get close to get a glimpse or a picture of our life and Jesus' life through us. It's something that's shown. It's something that's visible. Um, Me and my father-in-law, Clive, who is a legend, we were on the creative team last week, and um, there was a song that we'll sing called Here Again by Elevation. And we were talking about it in the car, and he goes, I like that second verse. There's a lyric that says, like the sun shaping the shadow. Like the sun, like the light shaping the shadow. Isn't it funny? It's like we have darkness and light, but it's not the darkness that controls the light. It's the light that controls the darkness. We need to be the light of the world. We need to shine His light so that the shadows move around us. If we enter a space, we change the atmosphere because the darkness can't stand the light of Jesus in that place, so it has to flee. We are the light of the world. We need to go into spaces and illuminate His light. Our look's not about how we dress or about what we wear or what we necessarily do if we look like the world or whatnot, but it's about how we carry ourselves. It's about how we allow that light that God's put inside us to shine. It's His light in the first place. It's about our character, our conviction standing out. Is it reflective of Jesus and what He's spoken to you? Is how you look different to the world? Is what you're doing something that actually shows fruit? Is it something that can be seen in an example to be followed that shows Jesus and a Christ way of living? Is it something visible? If we want to change the atmosphere, we've got to change the smell, change the sound, and change the look. What I really love about this message, and I've been thinking about it for a long time, probably since November last year, is that each of these three things... They might sound cool, they might sound trendy and vibing, but they're actually a God idea because when you nut it down to the core, the look is Jesus. We were given Jesus as an example to follow. 
The sound is God's word and his truth in our lives to follow, to speak, to declare over others. The smell, the scent is the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be honest to draw others near. So we need God to be the sound. If we could tune into what he's saying to us, then we can say it through us to others. If we can tune into his radio station, how would that sound different? How would we live our lives different? And what would we speak? Would it be different? Being able to block out the world? We need to allow Jesus to change how we look. We have him as the example. We have his word as the instruction manual. We can read anywhere in the Bible, Proverbs, Wisdom, Psalms. We can read the New Testament and actually get a physical example of how Jesus walked and carried himself. We have the lookbook for our lives. We have the Pinterest for how to live. We have the embodiment of love and grace and mercy as a physical example to follow and show in our world. And lastly, we need the Holy Spirit to change the smell, to change the scent. So when Jesus ascended, he left another of the same kind. He left us the Holy Spirit to work through us and in us, to speak through us, to drip off a scent that others might catch a whiff of something different, that they might be left in awe and wonder and amazement, thinking, hey, what's different about that person? Why did they leave this circumstance, this situation so beautiful when it seemed so messed up and so wrong? We need the Holy Spirit to actually draw hearts near so we can speak into their lives. It's nothing we can do but what He can do through us. And once you catch a glimpse of, I guess, God changing the atmosphere within your own lives, it becomes a lot easier to change the atmosphere wherever you enter and wherever you're going. And so I just wanted to challenge you with that this morning. How are we carrying ourselves? How are we changing the atmosphere around us? Are we sounding different? Do we smell different? Do we look different to the rest of the world? Um, in each of our services, we give an opportunity for people to come into a relationship with Jesus, and it'd be amiss of me not to do that this morning. So with everyone's eyes closed, I just want to ask you, maybe you've heard us talking about God changing the atmosphere of our hearts and our lives and enabling us to in- change the atmosphere of those around us, and you're going, yeah, I um, don't know this Jesus, but something in me, there's a circumstance, situation, or I've been living my life wrong and I want God to change the atmosphere of my heart and my life, and I want that to look different. If that's you, I just ask that you make that decision now, and you just say to yourself, hey, that's me. I want to know Jesus. I want to come into a relationship with him and his word, and I want to hear what he says about me because I'm sick of hearing what the world says. And as a church in this moment, we're just all going to pray together. So I'm going to pray a prayer and I ask that you just repeat me. Say, God, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you love me. And right now, I realize that I've been living my life differently to how I should. And I'd ask that you change the atmosphere of my life and my heart. God, that you'd change how I sound, how I smell, and how I look. And God, I pray that you'll help me to draw near to you and your word, that I'll have a relationship with you.
God, I'm now a Christian and I want to give my life to you. Amen. Awesome. If you made that decision after the service, I'd just ask that you'd be bold enough to actually go talk to someone. Um, You can come talk to any of our hosts, any of our staff or any of our team or the Welcome Lounge or the Welcome Desk and simply they just want to give you a Bible and pray with you and encourage you um, because that's an amazing decision and a lot of us have made that and we know that Jesus has changed our lives and enabling us to change the lives of those around us as well. So it's an amazing choice, an amazing moment for you right there and then. There's one other thing I wanted to do this morning and that is to pray with you if maybe you've gone, yeah, I know Jesus has changed my life, but I've struggled to actually change the atmosphere around me and change the world around me. I just want to pray with you quickly this morning that God's going to empower you and speak to you again and give you the strategies and tools to be able to do that in your world, in your workplace, because it's not necessarily about preaching or being in here in a service on a Friday or Sunday, but it's actually about living it in the world on a Monday or a Tuesday. That's where there's actually power to the Word of God when we live with Jesus in the ordinary. So if you want to close your eyes, however you want to pray, you do you. I'm just going to pray for you and with you. And God, right now, we want to enable you to speak through us and empower us to actually change the atmosphere of our world, change the atmosphere of someone's life, God. We know that you are good and you changed our lives and you brought us into your free life with truth and grace and mercy. And we want to help others see you, see how much you love them, see how much you value them. And God, we want to be an agent of change for you so that people can come to know you. God, we pray that you'll speak right now your word and your truth and plans and strategies and ways that people can enable to share your word in their workplaces. And on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, God, we pray that you'll start to speak and give them confidence and boldness and a new authority that they can stand on your word and speak from that place of you speaking into their lives and their heart and mind. God, we thank you that you're always good. And God, like Rachel was saying, there's a big harvest, but the workers are few. We're standing up right now and saying, I want to work your fields, God. We want to bring in this harvest to your kingdom, to your name. And God, we pray right now that you'll help us to change the atmosphere of the world around us. Amen. Awesome. I'm just going to hand back to Benny right now, but I hope you got something out of that through your week that you can share in your world.